Hello and welcome to God is a Dad podcast. My name is Justin. In a minute, I'll be joined by my friends Dan and Jake, and we are three dads who get together weekly and talk about how to become better dads by looking at the way God parents us and then trying to parent our kids the same way. Today, we're going to spend a little time talking about ambition from the perspective of figuring out whether or not your levels of ambition are healthy or appropriate to your life. We're all Americans, and America is a very ambitious place. There's a lot of pressure, a lot of expectations to always try your best in everything you set your mind to, to push, 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 to strive for excellence, to give your all, to stretch yourself thin, all that kind of stuff. So we kind of want to process together how do we know whether our ambition levels are healthy, are beneficial to our kids, to our family life, and also talk about the best place to root our ambition in. That conversation went on for a long time, so we're going to split it up into two parts, with the next part being uploaded next week. And also for about the last 10 minutes of this episode, we're going to talk about our feelings about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. We debate a little bit about whether or not it now holds the title as the best superhero movie we have ever seen, so I hope you enjoy that. We don't often like to use the word should on this show. We don't like to tell parents what they should or shouldn't do, but you definitely should see that movie with your kids if you haven't. It's fantastic. That's enough for me. Let's go ahead and get rolling. All right. My question is how much ambition is too much or is ambition like an admirable quality? I kind of feel like, you know, maybe in my life and in the literature I've read, oftentimes having ambitious goals comes at the sacrifice of other things. And I think primarily family being one of them, time with your kids being one of them. Getting ready for physical therapy school, working at the intensity that I feel like I need to or have needed to for the past two years feels like very ambitious. I don't think it's too ambitious, but I'm just like, I'm just tired all the time because, you know, like it's work, class, work, kids, study, sleep or whatever. And if I wanted to be more competitive, I think I could work more or I could study more, add more classes or do do whatever, because there's always more that could be done for it. So my my question is, and maybe this kind of shows that I'm like not a, a super ambitious person. Uh, it, feels like, it feels like I'm being too ambitious right now with the, the amount of work that I'm doing because, yeah, I would say that I I've, don't have any extra space in my life, but I am able to make everything work just just as it is. Like every every week is like a little Lego creation that we snap together. You're treading water. Yeah, we were, we don't have any extra margin or like there's no like if something goes wrong, our life just turns into a complete mess. So my question is like, how do you guys gauge your ambition? My whole take on it is that like the instant that I'm not able to be present and I start making sacrifices where I'll get to see my kids or if it becomes like a prolonged um, habit then I feel like that's that's crossing the line for myself. Like, I understand it for, like, a time or for a semester or whatever, but if it were to extend into, like, professional life, I would think that's, you know, that's too much. Yep. You know, and I could see stuff like any sort of master's or graduate program 
or if you have to start a business, your time's going to be limited. And it just, the cost just feels high, even for those like two years or whatever. Like, even if it is for the good of your family and the good of your kids to like set yourself up for success, that still feels just like on the front end, like a big sacrifice uh, to me. Yep. And I'm kind of looking at PT school. I know that like for pretty much two years, there's not going to be a whole lot of interaction compared to what it is now. So interaction with your with your family, you mean? Yeah. With your, yeah, you'll just have to buckle down. Yeah, I'm I'm just curious on your general thoughts or like so, what your guys' tolerance is for for something like that, whatever it is. I mean, have because have you? Like nothing great happens without you doing something like that either. No wars are won. No, you know, nobody wins like the. Yeah, okay. I mean, the highest honors in the world always go to one yeah. quality is an extremely ambitious person that follows through and does, goes through the hard stuff and does goes above and beyond what other people are willing to. That's yeah, cool I got to pause. Eli is like hawking up like all this stuff over here. Uh, you guys can keep on talking, but I got to bail for like two seconds. I was going to say, I think this is a, a fun conversation to have, especially coming from Dan because... You know, he's one of the most chilled, laid-back people that I sort of know, I think. I don't know if you you feel that way too, Jake, but... Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, which is interesting, especially within the culture that we come from, being Americans, and having it... I don't think there is a more ambitious culture or society than America. So it, it's kind of, it, I think it's an interesting juxtaposition that, that he sort of brings as like someone who has typically been pretty laid back and relaxed, but now is kind of in, in this season, sphere and season of his life where he needs to kind of ramp that up a little bit, but also being confronted with probably like America's, I would say, likely unhealthy obsession with success and ambition and accomplishment. And so I think it's, this could be really helpful, I think, to have someone coming from that end of the spectrum confronted with the reality of like, the extreme other end of the spectrum in terms of the wider American culture and trying to sort out what maybe the middle balanced ground is. Yeah. Like, because I'm, I'm curious. I mean, th this happens with all of our lives is that regardless of if it's job, school, family, uh, church life, I think we're, we're all in situations and, and communities where like having more on your plate is always, is always easy to have people over, have, I don't know, to be involved in more and more things. And so I think that's always fascinating. Like, how do you, how do we be successful in everything that we want to commit to, uh, but also to maintain the values that we have to, to maintain, ooh, I want to, we really value family time. So we want to make that a priority or we really value our individual time. So we want to make that a priority because I, I, I don't, that, that's something that we talk almost on a, on a weekly basis. <laughs> I do feel like sort of the whole situation kind of hinges on, I'm guessing the motive behind your ambition is, is good and is something that you both said is worth it. Um, because there, there just is a price to pay, right? There, it's like a cost-benefit analysis, yeah. essentially, when you're when you're deciding to do something, and you've made the cost-benefit analysis with PT school, and decided that it's worth it, and it's it's worth the ambition, kind of. There's no question about whether or not this is a good or a bad decision, right? So there's no question. Definitely want it. 
we definitely feel like it's the right thing to do, but I don't feel that way sometimes. It's just not the sort of lifestyle that I want forever, and I don't know if I'm great at, yeah, I guess I don't know how to make my feelings align with what I think on this particular matter. Can I can I ask both of you a question? Do you think that it is incumbent on every person on the earth to be ambitious about something? Do you think the goal is to wake up every day and be like, I really want to go hard after blank, whatever it is for you personally? Yeah. No. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's like the essence of our relationship with God, you know, because like, uh, I think that's what you're going towards, right? Is that God would say, hey, I want you to be like ambitious in your pursuit of relationship with me, right? Well, ultimately, like that, that's our like the big picture, like ideal ambitious goal is to, oh man, I want to be one with the Father. I want to pursue his kingdom. I want his kingdom to, to flow out of me. That's the ambition, right? Ooh, I would say no. Counterpoint, let's hear it, Dan. Wait, well, uh, will you make uh, salvation on the on the next statement? <laughs> no, but I definitely would have bet my salvation on what you said either. <laughs> like, I see what you're saying, but I also feel like relationship with God should be natural, easy, something that you want, something that isn't like, like the closest relationship I have with is with Anna. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel ambitious about my like relationship with her i feel intentional but i wouldn't want to be ambitious with her i don't think yeah i mean when you said that i was just thinking like would that feel natural for me to to see my children being ambitious towards me in that way i don't know that yeah i don't i mean you know you'd have to you'd have to start with the definition of ambition i guess right um i want them to be motivated you know to to connect with me i want them to want it but i don't know how, how would you describe ambition when we're talking about just even Dan pursuing what he wants uh-huh, or yeah. per- pursuing this ultimate thing, that's what I, I see it as. It, it, it's a literal pursuit of something. Mm, yep. So a pursuit of something that you are willing to adjust and, and realign your values to. Right. Get. And so even, even if it's something where uh, even in my marriage – I'm like, man, I am willing to realign what I want and to readjust right. even natural desires to pursue this relationship, to pursue my marriage, to pursue my family, to pursue God. And so yes. I think like what what the way that you described that question, like, right. hey, is it natural for you to wake up and to have a drive, a desire to get something uh, or maybe not even to get something, but you, you yeah, how, however you phrased it. Yeah, um, yeah, sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's how God designed us. He yep. said, hey, that, that ultimate end is going to be me. And so that's why I put that in your heart, that desire to want to be fulfilled. I get you. I think I just got the answer to my question. Yeah. That's the way that I, I think I define ambition much differently. Right. Especially in your context of life right now, like ambition is almost all work related. And so, yeah, that, that doesn't feel, it doesn't feel relational. It doesn't feel fun or exciting or natural. So I think like, I view ambition 
as wanting more than you need or sacrificing for more than you need. I feel like that's maybe how I view ambition. So like any ambition almost feels like too much ambition for me, which is like why when I look at physical therapy school and whenever I apply the word ambition to it, it doesn't feel, I think it doesn't feel good to me because I'm like, even like the basis of me desiring to be a PT, if that's ambitious, feels greedy. Yeah, ambition kind of in my mind feel is like is very closely associated with greed. Mm-hmm. The way we've set up our life has been very purposeful. I would not say that like it has been ambitious. I feel like ambitious. Yeah, I don't know. That's I think that's the answer to my question and why I'm feeling why I feel like how much ambition is too much and a little anticlimactic, <laughs> but that's the answer. I think it's weird for me to say this, but I feel like you could be a NFL player and not be an ambitious person. If that is your skill, then all you're wanting is wanting to be where you should be in the NFL. Like if that's your, your skill level and like, Hey, you know, it's not that I, I want more than what I have. It's that I want to show, I want to show what I'm capable of and this right. is the state to do it. So I think the, the typical definition of ambition is like the, the desire to accomplish something, to succeed at something, to get something done, to, to be good at something, right? What do you think the right lenses to look at yourself through if you're trying to determine whether or not your ambition is falling into greediness or just an appropriate level of motivation? For me, I, I would not consider myself a very ambitious person yeah. uh, overall. Uh, but I would say the way that we view ambition, I would probably say like 95% of it is all within the context of like job or, or what, what you do to support yourself. So I, I think it's interesting of values, of value systems. And so just even thinking about like, would people, would people be like, ooh, that stay at home mom is super ambitious. Because what what she wants to do and what she's pursuing is yeah. to have the best household, the, the best culture for her family as possible. Yeah. And so be, because I feel like we put ambition in the context of, hey, what are you doing? What's your job? How successful are you at your job? Then uh, I feel like it, it limits what ambition could be regardless of your motivation and so that that's why i sort of view ambition more as what your motivation is and what your what values you are pursuing and so i feel like that is the that's my line if i if i'm like "Mm, am i am i pursuing my job too much where it's taking back where it's drawing away from the values that i actually hold that are actually higher than just me working or my occupation so yeah that that's something that that we've talked about a lot or even even regardless of jobs just how we how much we're interacting with our friends our family our community 
Because our, I think our ultimate value is, hey, we want to have just a really solid fa- family unit. And so that is pretty much always our priority and our decision making and our motivation and our quote unquote ambition is how can we make our family culture flourish? And so if anything comes against that value, then we probably the the majority of the time we decide against that. We say, all right, we're going to value our family culture more than we'll value our job or more than we'll value hanging out with people every night. I don't know if that, yeah, if that answers the question, but that's sort of the line of like, ooh, is this too much for us? Yep, makes sense. To answer your question from a long time ago, I feel like it is the cultural norm right now. Everybody should be above average, I think. Like, everybody should be, you know, like, on the JV team, or you should be, like, exceptional, quote-unquote, like, I feel like the expectations, I think in the realm of like kids a lot is especially like you're on the traveling soccer team and you're on like, you know, you're on your middle school team, but then like, oh, you, you tried out for the special charter traveling team and you got on that, you know, and so now you're traveling around and, but if you don't make that, then like, right, it is very ingrained in like the American culture. And I think that regardless of whether or not that's a godly thing, I feel like that's the expectation across the board almost for for kids. Because if you don't make that uh, charter soccer team, then we'll take you out of soccer completely and and try to find something else that you're exceptional at. Yeah. Yeah. So I view ambition probably as greedy because I don't think – everybody can have that you know not everybody can like meet that standard of excellence in you know like across the board or whatever mm-hmm. but there's like a lot of value in just being like i don't know like an average engineer or an average teacher or an average you know and to be like an average teacher is like a huge accomplishment you know like that's an awesome job you get to do a lot of really cool stuff with kids and you can have wonderful like great relationships within that setting and that's like super needed or you know like at the gas station or whatever it is to like lead an average life i think is like really awesome probably the reason why i view ambition with like a negative light is it's it like puts i feel like it it subtly like puts down the average or it's it makes like a lesser than implication not directly but like right (laughs) let's say you looked at like your potential spouses and you saw adrian and then like you saw somebody (laughs) somebody else was like smarter or more talented at x y or z and you had ambition (laughs) to like rise above adrian and i i feel like that's like mentality I view, I, th- I feel like ambition is like, there's always something better, mm. you know, like there's always yeah. something that you could have mm-hmm. ambitious ambition in my mind always means like the next level. I think. Yep. Right. Yep. That's Never satisfied. Always, always pushing yeah, for more. Right. Yep. When like totally. the average physical therapist is awesome. Or, like the average, you know, like 
Yeah, um, so so hold on though, because I feel like being average and being ambitious are not mutually exclusive. I feel like I you you want yeah, your yeah. average teacher to be re- still really ambitious. That would be the goal. That would be the ideal. Is you would want like every teacher to be ambitious, and that the average teacher would be the person who is maybe just as ambitious as the best teacher or whatever, but for, for whatever reason, they just aren't as good. If everybody was equally ambitious at, like you said, playing football, like some people would be the best in the world and some people would be average, but they were all, they could all be ambitious. It's like if you're a coach of a team and you have 25 kids on the team, you want all of them to be motivated and all of them to be trying, all of them to be pushing to do their best every single day. Right. That that's why I would say mo- our ambition is more motivational based rather than results based. Yeah, I think to look at somebody who's quote unquote average in whatever, you, however you're defining the scoring system. I mean, some of the students I have that are extremely ambitious, extremely motivated, they they're just average performers. Way more, you know, it's the classic. There's definitely always the kid in class who doesn't try at all, and he's just, he's just he's just born really smart, or just naturally gets it. Or whatever, he doesn't really try, but he gets the top marks. And then there's the there's the other student who's you know busting their butt, studying a ton, and they just get average marks. And you know, we look on. I think the the average student who's trying really hard. With, I personally would look on them with a lot of honor, because I'm saying I, I. It seems like there's something inherently good about someone giving their all, doing their very best. And pushing forward really hard to accomplish something that they really, really want. So, I mean, I would say I think it's fairly, I think I can confidently say I'm probably naturally the, the most ambitious of the three of us. So I'm probably arguing from, the, <laughs> from, the, from that end of the spectrum. <laughs> so I guess I think sure, <laughs> my question to you two then, if I was going to try to, if I was going to try to talk you into ambition being, a, viewing it as a good thing. So if we're talking about accomplishing something, what would you say? that God wants us to be accomplishing on the earth besides like, like he wants to have a relationship with him. Right. But he wants to have a relationship. And then I think out of that relationship be accomplishing something as well, like, like on the earth while, while we're here in this life. So what would you say it is if you were to like summarize it, distill it down into its simplest form, what would you say God is hoping for us to accomplish while you're on the earth or as a church collectively to love people? Yeah. Uh yeah, love people. Great, great commission. That dis- is displayed through like yeah, a billion different ways or seven, what, however many people there are on the earth. But like, right, right. I think the simplest is like to love people. Yep, I can see that. So if I was to put that into a little bit more of like, I mean, you're obviously you know you're never going to be wrong saying to like love people. If I was to put that in a little more like action oriented or more like a practical depiction of of that desire. I would probably describe it as our goal is to bring heaven to earth or make it on earth as it is in heaven, which obviously a major part of heaven would be a lot of love or whatever. But if, you know, if you're talking about, I'm just looking at the Lord's prayer and it's like, what is, what are we supposed to be praying for besides our own needs, besides forgiveness, besides avoiding temptation, right? Aside from our own, the own needs that we pray for in that Lord's prayer, what are we supposed to be like praying for to accomplish on the earth? And it, you know, I think on earth as is in heaven. And so what, what I would think then is I'm looking, as I'm looking at you as, as a guy who's going to PT school is in order to achieve a, a, an appropriate amount of ambition that really fuels you and fuels that work. I would think that rooting that desire somewhere in that kind of a 
goal of on earth as it is in heaven would be a, a pretty good first step and see how that to see how that kind of feels right because the whole idea with a pt i think if, if you were to like see why you want to do it not only will you enjoy it not only will it provide for your family which i think in heaven probably you'll enjoy what you're doing in heaven and i think you'll probably be with your family and have like a good family life and a family culture in heaven i would i would think but also what's going to happen in heaven is people aren't going to have pain right in their body they're going to be able to probably do whatever they would like to without any kind of pain and that's essentially i would say as, as a pt person your work your daily work what you'll be doing is helping people experience a life that's a little more like heaven by hopefully helping them get out of and cure their their pain that they're probably experiencing on a fairly regular regular basis which to me seems like a really noble pursuit that if i was you know be a patient of someone who's a pt i would want for that person to be really ambitious because i would want to go there knowing that they're kind of i mean in a sense never satisfied with how how well they're serving their clients right with their knowledge in the field with their ability to help me with my pain that's the kind of pt that i would want to go to personally now obviously there's a very healthy balance where you're not you're not trying to become the best pt at the expense of your children and your family because ultimately i guess what i would want is for also my my pt to not be destroying his kids lives while he's just helping me my shoulder feel better right i think you know if i if i take a collective look at the world i would say that's probably not the best but i would say to give a short answer to your question and I, I like to hear what you think about this or poke holes in it. If I'm trying to assess my ambition toward, for a career or for a workplace type thing, and I think this could even extend to, you know, like you said, being a stay-at-home parent, Jake, I think you could look at two stay-at-home parents and I think they could both be, one of them could be obviously ambitious in terms of how aggressively they are going after creating like a, a excellent home you know, fostering a perfect environment or not perfect, but a great environment for their kids to grow up in, all that kind of stuff. Like you look right. at two stay-at-home parents and see this one's really ambitious and really going hard after it and kind of isn't satisfied with kind of where they're at and they're always pushing for the, for the next best thing and one that isn't. But I guess where I feel the least comfortable in my own ambition, which I, I'm probably much less, I've probably sinned in this way more often than you have, more often than you guys have, I would, I would wager to guess. But when I have felt the least comfortable with my ambition, it's when I feel a strong desire for something. But then if I really, really sit down and ask myself, is this desire about bringing heaven to earth in a sense that makes other people's lives better, that just makes, yeah, I mean, it really is about making the world a better place, you know, and, and is, is actually productive and constructive to those around me. Or is this ambition rooted in selfish ambition? that really will make either make me feel good or you know make me look better to other people or impress people around me you know a lot of times ambition can come from gaining some kind of security in the world so that you don't need to like trust god or something like that you know if you're making a lot of money so you feel safe or you feel you know all, all, all the different reasons um i'm sure that you can probably heard plenty of times people you know getting overly ambitious in my mind, I, my, I think my goal is to be as ambitious as I, as I possibly can be with the focus being heaven to earth, uh, the kingdom of heaven becoming manifest on the earth in my life and the people's lives around me that I can touch. And then if I keep that as my focus and I feel like that's really where my ambition is pointed towards, then I feel pretty good about it. But oftentimes what happens is that gets a little bit corrupted. You might start that way. 
But then, you know, you get into PT school and there's some guy who's like, whatever, you want to be better than him. Or you realize the salaries are a lot, a lot different if you work hard. You know, and you're like, oh, I really want to get, get to this new level or, or, or whatever it can be. You want to impress somebody. You know, it can be any, any kind of temptation. But then those two can kind of get tangled and twisted. And then I've realized in my life that I'll start doing something with really good intentions. Like I want to do this because I feel like it's what God's calling me to. I feel like I can really help people or whatever. And then you just sort of get off the path a little bit but that's usually comes down to what i want for myself i would say that's the other thing is like i do fluctuate definitely between those two things there's days that i dedicate my day to the lord and there's days that i wake up and i just go on my own (laughs) you know my own path and like yeah i definitely i think that's also probably like one of the other reasons why this question is pertinent to me is because it's like a constant theme in my life you know like i want this for this good reason and i want this for this reason that's like selfish in a negative way and like some days like it's you know bad and some days it's good and like i i think ultimately like i want it for good reasons and like ultimately it's a it's something that i do want to bring heaven to earth with but I think it's funny. I probably think like a coping mechanism is like when I'm not feeling it, I think I probably rely on like the negative reasons, which is yeah, totally versus relying on like the true reasons. And so when it gets rough, then I, you know, I kind of like <laughs> fall back into, into negative habits versus kind of centering myself a little bit. But I think you're totally right. Like I said, we're going to continue that conversation next week. But for now, let's switch to another conversation we had about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, why we loved it so much, and then we compare it to The Dark Knight, whether or not it now holds the championship belt for the best superhero movie ever. Hope you enjoy. Well, before before I go, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on uh, Spider-Man. Did you see it, Jake, or not? Yeah. I, I take Elliot to it. <laughs> He's not. Is he two yet? I forget. Is he two? Yeah. Or? Uh, well, one and a half. Yeah. yeah His a, first oh. memory. That's crazy. I mean, was he like super bored after thirty minutes? Uh, not super bored. I mean, he ran around. I I strategically take him to the earliest matinee where there's <laughs> there, there was no one else in the theater. Yeah. So that this was after like two months. Oh, okay. had, already been out so uh so you, yeah you do that so you can because you, right. you don't have to do child care is that that's why yeah or well i i do it yeah i do it so i can watch the movie and then he yeah he can just, yeah well, like he, he sort of enjoys it you know it's sure like, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah like I, I, yeah i probably wouldn't do that with uh with like a dramatic movie or anything like that so. bad times at the <laughs> Uh, oh that's funny that's that's really strategic the yeah. the matinee two months after i mean yeah there's those are always like yeah a couple people maybe at the most yeah but i i think the only time i regretted like possibly taking him was that one fight scene towards the end and it gets pretty it gets yeah. pretty trippy and yeah, yeah. So <laughs> up and i was like oh my gosh <laughs> but no, it was it was really good. I 
I told Adrian it was the best uh, superhero movie that actually resonated with me emotionally or consistently throughout the whole movie. I was emotionally engaged. And I mean, obviously, we, we've all seen superhero movies, but even the Batman movies don't pull that off for the entire movie. So yeah. I was pretty impressed by that. What do you mean when you say, like, what, how would you describe the emotional, because the emotions that it caused in you? Because you're, you're tied to Miles, like, from the, from the get-go. And you're like, sure. oh, man, what he desires and what he's trying to struggle with is, is what we, we all struggle with. You know, it, it, it's a movie about identity and trying to figure out your identity and, and what your role is in the larger community context. So mm. it was, I loved following him. And he's just like super fun. So I, I don't know, like the yeah. way they wrote his character. You're like, oh my gosh, I love this kid. Yeah. And, and like, I feel the other Spider-Mans, like in the actual, uh, Real life movies, or what? What's the word I'm thinking of? I don't know. Live in the live, live action. action. Yeah, yeah, live action. Thank you. Uh, in the live <laughs> action movies, like all the Peter Parkers uh, and all the Spider Mans, they they end up being pretty annoying. And yep. so, yeah, I never really got that from Miles. I was like, man, mm -hmm. this kid is just super cool. He has good heart. I just want to be around him. Yeah. That's still something a trend I feel is happening, where people I think like the this and Penumbria's twenty four hour bookstore both featured protagonists that I really liked, mm -hmm. <laughs> and it kind of shocked me because I don't I don't like when I was reading Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings or any number of other books or whatever, I never really thought about like whiny or angry protagonists. But when I read Penumbrias and then this Spider-Man, I was like, oh man, <laughs> these are guys that I actually like or yeah. think carry admirable qualities, which mm -hmm. is, it's something that the world building in other movies, games, or books has hev <laughs> heavily compensated for the protagonist or their sidekicks, which are just kind of whin right. whiners. Yeah, I I totally love that he was a kid. Th that's what I think I like the most. That's why I think I like Spider-Man in general. Because like, I think that's where the essentially it put me in the frame of mind of a of a kid who, like you said, is struggling with the struggling with his identity. And then it like it feels better to me to have a a, a teenager be like, I don't know who I am. I'm struggling right, yeah. to fit in, yeah. and. Oh, I can be a superhero. <laughs> like that—that's—that's that's kind of the solution to my problem. It feels mm -hmm. weird for like Batman to be 35 and be like, "Oh, I'm struggling. Like, I don't know who I am, or whatever." Uh, you know, I, I guess Batman's not the right one, but any any other superheroes that like kind of like yeah. become superheroes in the movie, it's like you're a 35 year old grown man. Like, why aren't you a little more secure? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but we all know what that feels like to be 15 or 13 or however old mm -hmm. he is. And to feel like, man, if I only had something special about me that could kind of pull me out of this phase of my life, sort of. Yeah. Right. Help me discover who I am. That feels so much better as a child or, or as an adolescent or whatever. Uh, and so that's what I really liked is it, it, because we all know what that feels like. So it brought me back to that place where I, I felt like that before. And I still sometimes feel like that as an adult, but not, not as strongly as I, not nearly as strongly as I used to feel it. 
so that's why I thought it was so effective. And that's why I thought it, like, it connected emotionally really, really well is because I was that way one time. But when it's Steve Rogers, who's a fully grown man, I'm like, I don't really connect with you know, right. that, that whole journey with an adult. Yeah, that was a big part of it for me. So then the money question, is it better than The Dark Knight? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, no, not for me. Why? 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 So you know the the whole I think the whole argument around the Dark Knight about like why it's so great is because it's not a superhero movie. It's just a mm-hmm. crime movie, but it has a guy who wears a cape. So I do think that the Spider-Man movie felt to me more like a superhero movie, and I would say maybe it was a better superhero movie if you want to put it in like that genre. If you want to, if if I was comparing those two on that, on like the, the metrics that I would measure a superhero movie by, which, like I said, it Spider Man made me want to be a hero more than Batman did, than the Dark Knight did. Yep. But I don't know, man. I mean, I just can't. I just absolutely <laughs> like, like so many people. I was just absolutely enamored with and just totally was captivated by the Joker in the Dark Knight. Every scene that he's in is just some of the best scenes in movies that I've ever seen. His 10 scenes are better than any scene in that, I would say, in the Spider-Man movies. <laughs> in that Spider-Man movie. Yeah. In this oh. movie. <laughs> like, what's the, what, what would you say the best scene in, in the Spider-Verse movie is? I, w- I would say that fight, the, the final fight scene with uh, Kingpin is phenomenal. The, the animation of that is just spectacular. Yeah, I would, I would agree. But but that but that's more so from a like style stylistic standpoint, uh, yeah, and visual. Uh, I think with Joker, you have it's more of an acting. Like you're just wowed by the acting and the more so the script. The script. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. So you're you're yeah you're comparing two different strengths. So yeah, that's hard. Yeah, but I would definitely say that I was more captivated. Right. I, I would be more captivated by the acting and, and the script in, in The Dark Knight than I was captivated yeah. by animation in, in the Spider-Verse movie. Sure. But I totally, yeah, I would, I would, visually what they did on that last scene was, was way better than anything they did visually in The Dark Knight. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's hard for me to compare uh, animated movies with uh, li- live action. So then, like, if I could only watch one movie for the rest of my life, I would, I'd go Spider-Man for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. I wouldn't, man. No way. I'm, I'm not as sold, like, on either side for you guys. I'm, right now, I would be 60 Dark Knight, 40 Spider-Man. I, I could be persuaded the other way, but I, my inclination is towards Dark Knight. I might, I might be um, a little bit slanted. I haven't, I haven't watched The Dark Knight in a while, but what I have watched a lot more frequently is every, every year that I've had students, at either at one of the end of the terms or the end of the year, I do this little thing on like the last lesson, because none of them want to do stuff, where they can bring food, and then I do the, like, Jake, remember what you did with us um, in Bible study or whatever, where you showed us like a short clip of Michael Clayton, and then you kind of broke down that scene? Yeah. I, I do that with... I don't break it down as in-depth as you did because I don't know how to, but I show them like five or so older movies that they probably haven't seen, but like the opening scene to try to like hook them. Nice. It's kind of like my, like, you know, you're going to have a week or two weeks off or three or two months off. 
here's some movies that are old, but they're good, I promise. And here's some intro scenes to like kind of hook you. Yeah. And so I, sh- I showed them the bank robbery scene. That's the one I opened with. Because the more you watch it, it just gets better as you watch it, I think. Oh, man. Yeah. That's so good. And, you know, it, like the, the best moment of when I do it is I'm like, so what, you know, so I asked them like beforehand, has anybody heard of the Dark Knight? What's it about? And they're all like, oh, it's about Batman. And then I'm like, okay, so opening scenes in movies generally like tell the story. They, they pretty much are kind of a synopsis of the movie that you're about to watch, you know, yeah. if they're done well. So then you watch the whole thing and it's like this super captivating mini movie or whatever. And then you're like, all right, so based on this scene, what's this movie about? And then they all realize that Batman's not in the first scene of a movie about Batman. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of a cool, like, it's just, it's just so smart. It's so, so well done, so clever, so gripping. And then, so I've watched that scene a bunch of times the last few years. And then I, every time I just come, sometimes I'll just come across random Joker, Joker scenes on YouTube and I just have to watch them. Yeah. Uh, because they just suck me in. Like, I don't know how many times I've watched <laughs> the, the magic trick, like the pencil one, mm-hmm. how many times I've watched, like when he, he goes up to like the banquet or like the, the fundraiser dinner, you know, to, you know, he's telling the girl how he got his scars and he burns the money or uh, what all, all the stuff, you know, all those scenes. They're so, they're so, <laughs> so I haven't actually watched the full movie in a while, but I've watched clips of like the best parts or my favorite parts at least. Mm-hmm. So that might be coloring my opinion about right. which one I was possible. So how can I persuade you, Jake? I actually, I actually do need to go. I can't, <laughs> I should have asked this question. <laughs> I actually need to go. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I would, I would say, Dark Knight does transcend the the genre. So, I'm not quite sure if uh, Spidey Verse d- does that. I know, it, I know, it hurts Jake to be siding with me about a movie opinion rather than Dan because it, I'm sure it feels a little bit like like some kind of <laughs> <laughs> some kind of compromise of his like his values. He's like, wait, how can I be? How can I be more aligned with? No, like, I feel like Spider-Verse like must be better because Dan. <laughs> I feel like Dan is too. Sometimes Dan can be too too renegade, mm, contrarian opinions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is so so wrong. Like sometimes, like Dan tries to go for the hot take. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm but. I'm very conscious of my hot takery, so mm-hmm. I try to yeah. I try to like limit myself in that. Right. <laughs> Yeah, the problem is Dan doesn't Dan doesn't listen to sports radio or watch sports yeah. TVs. He doesn't know what he's he's like befalling that he's like the Colin Coward or whatever of uh, yeah. popular culture. Sometimes, if he I think if he was exposed to it more, he'd probably be a little more aware of what he's doing. <laughs> I, I think he's fully aware. <laughs> you think so? Oh yeah. I mean, there's a reason why he chose Dark Knight. Not not simply because it's the like the pinnacle yes. of superhero movies, but he knew he knew the reaction he was gonna get right. from you. Yep. <laughs> I'm shocked, Justin, that you don't think it's better. <laughs> like that. Shocked. That's a hot take. <laughs> You're definitely not shocked. <laughs> no, I am. I am. I thought I was gonna. Wow. That's like Justin's favorite movie. Uh, I, I know, I know. I think I think five years down the road, Justin's gonna be Justin's gonna be changing his tune. I look forward to you talking me into it, Dan. I look forward to it. I look forward to it. <laughs> All right, I really gotta go. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I'm gonna go to bed too. I'm, I'm gonna go okay. To bed, so. All right. Sweet. We'll see, see you guys. guys. Peace. That's it for us this week. Be sure to come back next week. We're gonna continue talking about ambition, specifically what to do if you feel like you are 
overly ambitious about something in your life. It's great to identify a problem, but what do we do with it once we see it? Also, if you are on Instagram and you haven't followed us yet, we would like to ask you to please do so. We've really enjoyed engaging with other parents about the topic of parenting, about trying to parent more like God, and it's been really helpful for us and really fun. So we're going to keep posting some polls and questions on our stories related to the topics we're going to be discussing on our show, and we really like to have your input. We really like to know what other parents are doing, how they do it. Again, probably our number one motivation for doing this podcast is to help us be more intentional about parenting and learn. So to do that, we'd like to learn from the other parents that are out there doing great stuff. So please follow us so you can engage with us in that way. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Have a good one.